Hey, everybody, Elizabeth here. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to make sure that you know registration is currently open for our Spring Strong Foundations cohort. Strong Foundations is a five-week strength building program brought to you by me and Morgan Bungers. Coach Morgan Bungers is one of the best, most effective strength training coaches in this country. He has worked with some of the most elite athletes in the world, and now he specializes working with people in their 40s, in their 50s, in their 60s who want everyday strength. And this is not about being able to push your suitcase into the overhead compartment on an airplane. We need to be consistently and effectively strength training if we want to maintain the strength of our immune system. Muscle is a critical part of our immune system. And if we are not actively maintaining our strength, we are losing it as we age. And that means we are losing the strength of our immune system. It's also a significant component of our overall metabolism, especially our carbohydrate metabolism. Muscle mass plays a huge role in energy, in mood, mental health, bone health, so many different things. This is just not optional, but a lot of us don't do it because we aren't sure what to do. We aren't sure what not to do. We aren't sure if we're moving well. We don't know how to accommodate for our physical limitations or our current level of fitness, and that is why you need a coach and you'd be hard-pressed to find one better than Morgan Bungers. Now, here's the thing about fitness programs. I've experienced this. My mom, who's in her 70s, has experienced this, where you buy a fitness program and then you're like, okay, but I I can't do that workout because I'm not fit enough or I don't have enough balance or I don't have that equipment or that hurts my knees or it hurts my back. And then you're sort of just left to figure it out yourself, which means we often don't do anything. The great thing about Strong Foundations is that Morgan and I are part of it every single day and you have an unlimited ability to ask us questions in a group setting or via direct message so that Morgan can help you scale for you, for whatever equipment you have, for the time that you have, for your fitness level, for your body and your physical limitations. Five weeks, there's two different tiers. There's a beginner intermediate tier. There's an intermediate advanced tier. The testimonials that we have received from our previous clients will blow your mind. You can check them out and also register for your spot by going to primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. If you are an alum, if you have been through strong foundations before, I've already emailed you a renewal link with a special renewal rate. So please use that. If you don't see that email, let me know. For the rest of you, primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. We start on May 13th. So grab your spot now. You will have these workouts for life. Four workouts a week for five weeks, two different tiers. So you've got 40 workouts total. Plus, there is a five-part series on your pelvic floor. That is an incredibly important part of your physical fitness, of your strength, of your core strength, of your overall health, of your ability to maintain functional mobility as you get older. We want you to be a part of this. You will not regret joining the Strong Foundations cohort. It is an incredible community. 
everybody needs to be consistently and effectively strength training. And if you're not, it's probably because you don't know how to make it work for you. And it can be made to work for you. It needs to be made to work for you. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation to register now. Let's get into the episode. This is Primal Potential, and I am your host, Elizabeth Benton. Through education, motivation, and implementation, we will bridge the gap between knowing and doing so we can master fat loss naturally and help you reach your highest potential. Let's get started. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Primal Potential Podcast. Today, we are talking about protein bars. I get so many questions about protein bars, and rightfully so, these used to be a real issue for me. I Well, they weren't, at first, they were not an issue, and I will say, in fairness, that I lost my first 50 pounds eating two protein bars a day on most days. I was eating Quest bars, Q-U-E-S-T, but then they became a trigger and they became something that no longer satisfied my hunger and that it was very easy to overeat. And so I had to get really honest with myself and say, even though I like protein bars and they're convenient and some of them can taste really, really good, They're just not working for me. And so it's time to say adios to the protein bars. Now, I have them every once in a while now, but there are a lot of awful protein bars out there that are not fat loss friendly. There are a lot of good protein bars out there, right? And I want to kind of draw the distinctions today and talk about how even if you have a fat loss friendly protein bar, you can use it for not good things, right? You can use it in ways that will not help you achieve your fat loss goals. And then you could just be choosing one that's essentially a glorified candy bar. So that's what I want to talk about. Now, a couple weeks ago, I did an episode on protein shakes and the different kinds of proteins. I'm going to link to that in the show notes page over at primalpotential.com. So I'm not going to go into this episode on soy protein versus whey protein versus isolate and concentrate because I did that in that episode. So if you have questions about the different types of proteins, dial back and go to that episode because I will answer your questions there. So like I said, A lot of people are choosing protein bars that are fat loss friendly and can be used for good, can be used in a fat loss lifestyle, but they're using them in a way that kind of backfires a little bit. And there is a fundamental overarching issue here that I want to address and get you thinking about before we dive into the nitty gritty of what to look for in a protein bar, right? What to avoid and my own personal bar recommendations that I think are some of the better ones out there for fat loss. So before we get into all of that, I want to kind of address this overarching issue that I think many people struggle with. See, people will tend to categorize bars as a healthy fat loss friendly food, which I get, I understand, But then they are giving themselves license to eat these 
healthy fat loss friendly foods when they aren't hungry or overeat them because it's okay because it's fat loss friendly. And that, I, I think, that's just not really true. I think that's when we can set ourselves up for failure. It's not that you can't have a bar that's fat loss friendly. There are bars that are fat loss friendly, but the problem comes when people give themselves license to overdo it because it's healthy. And that's what I really want to help you to avoid. We need to all understand that if you're eating when your body doesn't need fuel, it doesn't matter if it's a banana or a protein bar or a Twinkie. And many times we think as long as we make a healthy choice when we're bored or a healthy choice when we just want something after dinner, even though we're not hungry, that it's okay. And that's really not okay. It doesn't matter if it's a banana or a protein bar or a Twinkie. When you give yourself fuel when your body doesn't need it, you're impairing your fat loss, period, end of story. And you're training yourself to use food in a way that it's not intended to be used. Food is fuel. And many people will think, oh, I just want something sweet. I'm gonna have a bar. You just ate and you're looking for dessert. You're not hungry. And I think that's when it can start to backfire on us. Now, I'll also say that a lot of people don't wanna get honest with themselves about what foods just are not working for them. If a food, healthy or not, leads you to overeat, it is not something that you need to have in your life right now. It doesn't mean you can never have it again, but it just means it's not working for you. And I see this a lot with protein bars. Again, people are using them as dessert or treats and feel like it's okay because it's a healthy treat. It may or may not be healthy. You may or may not be choosing a bar that is in fact healthy. And it may or may not be fat loss friendly. And if you're overeating, if you're giving it to your body when your body doesn't need fuel, it doesn't matter if it's healthy or not. We tend to go to protein bars not when we're hungry, but when we're feeling snacky. Now, sometimes we're eating them when we're hungry and that's that can be okay if you're making a good choice, but nothing is a great choice if you're eating it just because. And this is very much like what I talked about a few weeks ago with the person who eats dark chocolate because it's a healthy treat, right? Better than a Snickers bar, even though they have a hard time stopping. So your good intentions often work against you, whether it's your good intentions with dark chocolate or it's your good intentions with a protein bar, right? This is a very real thing with protein bars. I see it with the majority of my clients. Maybe bars work for them for a time and then they stop working. Or with some of my other clients, they've never worked and you just don't want to give it up because they're tasty and or convenient. The big issues that I see with protein bars and the way that many of my clients use them is using them as a snack, but creating more of a meal when a meal isn't needed. So it's not like this one thing, but maybe you have two or maybe you pick a bar that isn't really a snack bar. It's much more of a meal in terms of the energy it contains and the macronutrient breakdown and all of that. Another big issue I see with protein bars, like I said, eating them when you aren't hungry, right? Or choosing bars that are glorified candy bars. Junk ingredients, junk protein, lots of artificial ingredients, tons of sugar. And then lastly, and this is this was kind of my issue and where I realized I need to cut out bars, was eating bars 
even though they trigger cravings or overeating and then not looking at your behavior enough, and this is a big issue if you're not tracking, to identify the bar as the culprit. I was eating bars because they felt like a treat. They were like my sweet thing in my day. And then finally I was like, whoa, this is a real trigger for me to overeat. And here's the other part. They weren't triggering my satiety. I could have a bar and not feel satisfied, which meant I'd have another and sometimes another and on occasion another. Things that do not trigger satiety or feelings of fullness are things that you should probably stay away from for now. In my life, that's bars and nuts, right? Doesn't mean I can never have a bar. Doesn't mean I can never have nuts. But I need to be very aware of the fact that they're not going to trigger satiety. So they're an easy thing for me to overeat. So if you are somebody who is currently eating protein bars, there are a few basic questions that I would like you to think about. And ideally, what I want you to do is sit down with a pen and paper and really think hard about these. Don't just kind of think about it and then move on and never go back to it. Put it on paper so that you can really evaluate whether or not they are working for you. This is the very first step. My bar recommendations don't matter at all unless you know why you use bars, why you want them, what you like about them, why you're eating them, and if they work for you. I find, just to be really honest, that they are not working for most people. The vast majority of people feel better and get better results without bars. They are a trigger for many people, either a trigger for overeating or a trigger for cravings or just a convenience food that they turn to when they're not truly hungry, but they're bored and want to put something in their mouth. All right, you ready for the questions? I want you to sit down and get really honest with these answers. The more honest you are and the more time you take with these, the more likely you're to, you're going to find the right solution for you. All right, number one, are you using the bar typically in most situations as a meal replacement or as a snack in between meals? Is it a distraction? Are you eating them exclusively when you are hungry or are you just eating them when you want something sweet or you want something to snack on? When are you eating it? Is this something you go to pre-workout, post-workout, middle of the day for breakfast? You really want to get clear on what you're using it for because that's going to determine what kind of bar you really want to get. Something for breakfast is going to look different than something post-workout. Now, this next one's a really important question, and many people haven't even given it any thought, which when you start to give it some thought, you'll be like, why did I not think about this before? The bars you're eating, do they satisfy your hunger with one serving? If you are hungry and you have this bar, are you satisfied? Are you satisfied and you still want more or are you satisfied and you're done? Get really honest about your body's response to the bars. The bars you're eating, do they increase your cravings? Do they make you want more food or more sweets or do they eliminate your cravings? What is it that you like about the bar that you are eating? Is it the convenience? Is it the flavor? And if it's the flavor, what is it that you like about it? Is it the texture, right? So do you like it because it's chewy? Do you like it because it's crunchy? 
Do you like it because it's sweet? Do you like it because peanut butter chocolate combo is your thing and you feel like this is a good way to get that in instead of a Reese's cup, right? Now let's get on the same page about the bar you eat most often. Based on the calorie content, how do you categorize it? Would you say that it's a meal replacement or would you say that it's a snack? Now, I can't answer this for you and here's why. If you are using it as a meal replacement but you have five meals a day, then that has a very different response than if you're using it as a meal replacement and you have two meals or three meals a day. Or if you're using it as a snack and you only eat two meals a day or you eat three tiny meals, that's very different than a snack for somebody who has, you know, three huge meals, right? Now look at the label. How many different forms of sugar are in that bar? And I'm going to give you some examples in a minute, so don't worry. But looking at the label, how many different ways can you see sugar listed on the label? How much protein is in the bar? And is it high quality protein or is it a junk leftover gross protein blend? And if you're like, I don't know, go listen to the episode on protein shakes. Okay. How much total sugar? I asked you what are the different forms, how many different forms, but how much sugar? How much fiber? How much fat is in the bar that you are eating? Now let's take a look at the other ingredients. How many artificial ingredients, non-natural, something that you couldn't go walk into the grocery store and buy? What about flavors, additives, and preservatives? All right. Now let's establish that you do have other options. Whole foods. Now a bar is not a whole food. Even if you look at a Lara bar, right? That is not a whole food. It is a processed food product made from whole foods. Can we just all agree on that, please? Whole foods are going to be received much more easily by your body than processed foods. Your body knows what to do with them. So nine times out of 10, whole foods are going to be a better option, right? And many people think that bars are your only convenience option when you're trying to eat healthy or lose weight. And that's just not true, right? If you're eating bars because they're convenient, what else is convenient? I think nuts are really convenient. I think apples or bananas are really convenient. There's a lot of things. Hard-boiled eggs are pretty convenient, maybe not as much so as nuts or an apple or a banana, but there are lots of things that are convenient. So ask yourself, put this on paper. If you're eating bars because they are convenient, what else is convenient? Do not fall into the trap of a narrow-minded perspective that doesn't see other options. Put it on paper. Get creative. What else is convenient? If you're eating them because they are sweet and you want something that's sweet, I want you to ask yourself two questions. Should I be giving myself something sweet every time I want it? Or maybe, does that reinforce a pattern of behavior that I would be better off without? All right, I'm going to repeat that because I think this is a good one. Many people eat bars because they want something sweet. If that is you, ask yourself, is that a pattern of behavior that I want to reinforce? Do I want to give myself something sweet or would I be better off working to establish a habit where I just don't crave sweet so often? 
And the flip side of that is if you say, yeah, I want to give myself something sweet when I have something, when I, when I crave something sweet. No judgment there, but what whole food options could you have that are sweet? Let's look outside the box. If you're eating them because you think they're healthy, are they? And I think I can help you answer that when I go through some bar examples in a couple minutes here. If you are eating them because you think they're a good choice for boredom, ask yourself honestly, is food the best response to boredom? Is that going to get me towards my goals? Hint, the answer there is no. (laughs) And then lastly, are you getting the results that you want? Do you feel like you are in control when you eat bars? Do you feel like you have to lock the bars up? I've done that. I've put them in a safe that I didn't know the combination to. Not exaggerating. That is a true story. I didn't feel like I was in control, and that should have been a red flag at the time, and it wasn't, but that should have been a red flag. If you feel like you have to hide it or lock it up or only buy one at a time, maybe that's not the best thing to be introducing in your life on a regular basis. And then also ask yourself, when I am eating bars, right, the time of day that I turn to bars, do I need fuel at that time? Now, if you're using it for breakfast, then the answer probably is, yeah, I do. Okay, cool. Well, let's pick the right one. But if you're doing it in the middle of the afternoon when you're bored or you're feeling a little snacky, is that the right choice for you? Now, let's get into the nitty gritty about bars. Many of them are glorified candy bars. And they're not intuitive for your body. Your body doesn't know what to do with this processed mess. Now let's look at a marketing masterpiece and a fat loss nightmare. The balance bar. And I'm gonna be talking about the chocolate cookie crunch, chocolate mint cookie crunch. And if you've had this and you think it tastes like a thin mint, it's because it does. And anytime something tastes like a Thin Mint, it might be a good signal that it's not very fat loss friendly. Let's look at, looking at the ingredients, the ways that sugar shows up on the label. Fructose, sugar, glucose syrup, sugar again, um, oligofructose, dextrose. Now, in addition to that, There is tapioca starch, which is going to do a number on your blood sugar, and wheat flour, which will also increase your blood sugar. So that is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven ways in which in this balance bar that we are turning off our fat burning potential with nearly 20 grams of sugar in one bar that they call balanced. There's really nothing balanced about that. There is nothing balanced about that when the first ingredient is soy, which if you have not listened to the episode I did on soy, that is reason number one, two, three, four, and five why you shouldn't have this bar. And then reasons, the next seven reasons, are all of the sugars and all of the ways that it is going to increase your blood sugar. And then as if that were not enough, You have all sorts of processed, unstable fats. And then you have what they put as 23 vitamins and minerals, most of which are not the active form of the vitamin or mineral found in your body. Therefore, it will not have the same degree of bioavailability that we would see 
in in a, in a whole food, right? The naturally occurring form. So I'm not sure I have to say this about this bar that tastes like a Girl Scout cookie, but stout, <laughs> a Girl Stout cookie, really. It's going to make you quite a bit stouter. Um, but it's not healthy, nor is it fat loss friendly. I mean, that's like saying take a bowl and add a little molasses and then some corn syrup and then some sugar and then some lactose and then some honey and then some maple syrup and then put a nice, bright, balanced label on it and call it fat loss friendly. No, absolutely not. <laughs> let's not fall for that trap, okay? Now let's look at a muscle milk bar. Now, I'm not picking on them because they are not producing this to be a fat loss friendly product. They are producing this to be a calorie bomb for, like, say, somebody that's trying to put on a lot of muscle mass who might struggle to eat enough. If we are pursuing fat loss, these products are not for us. First of all, the protein is a blend. It's not a high quality blend. And here's why we see a lot of very low quality protein blends in bars, because bars in general are very expensive to make. And I know this because when I worked for a supplement company, that was one of the things I did was produce some bars for a fat loss product line. They are very expensive. And so what most manufacturers do is use the lowest quality protein blend that they can get their hands on. And that is not good. But then we start to see the sugar and we see the trans fats, right? Again, we're looking at a, at a muscle milk bar here, but we see sugar. We see trans fats. Then we see uh, brown rice syrup, sweetened condensed milk, sugar again, more trans fats, oil, cream, salt, soy, more trans fats, peanuts, vegetable glycerin, gelatin, tapioca and corn fiber. Both of those are going to do a number on your blood sugar. Then more soy, right? And it keeps going on and on and on with more sugar and more low quality fats and low quality proteins with 320 calories in one bar. Not good, guys. This is not the kind of thing we want to do for fat loss. But let me talk about a bar I do like. Now, this is not, this is not a sweet bar. It is not a sweet bar. In fact, it's not a sweet bar. It is a meat bar, literally. Like it is not something that you would think of and say, oh, that kind of tastes like an Oreo cookie. Not at all. This is a um, meat-based bar and they have a bacon bar. This is an epic bar, E-P-I-C. And their favorite, their, their, uh, my personal favorite is their bacon bar. And it is 15 grams of protein and it's basically bacon and salt. There is no sugar. There is no fake protein blend. It is meat and salt. That's it, right? That's it. Now, bacon isn't their only flavor. They have some flavors that do have some dried fruits in there. So there is some sugar. We're talking a couple of grams, not like 23 grams like other bars we see. But uh, we're seeing sugar coming from whole foods. So that is something that I personally would use. Now, many people want the sweet bars. But for me, my personal philosophy is the more sweet things I eat, the more sweet things I want. The fewer sweet things I eat, the fewer sweet things I want. 
My life is a whole lot easier when I'm not craving sweet things. So in response to sweet cravings, I say no, because it's not a pattern of behavior I want to reinforce. But that brings me to the bar that I talked about at the beginning, which is another bar if you're going to eat bars that I think tends to be better than many, and that is the Quest Bar. Now, they have a line of natural bars, and they have a line of bars that are not natural, that have some artificial ingredients and artificial sweeteners and things like that. In their natural line, I really like their coconut cashew bar. Now, what are the ingredients? I'll tell you. It is a protein blend, almonds, a sugar alcohol, dried coconut, cashews, salt, stevia, lohan. Lohan is a natural um, extract that, that is a sweetener, and then natural flavors. That ingredient list is probably one-fourth of the ingredients list that we see with balance bars or muscle milk bars or anything like that. So in this bar, there is one gram of sugar, one gram with 20 grams of protein and I think six grams of fat. So that is a good option. That bacon bar that I was talking about, again, the ingredients there are uncured bacon, water, salt, vinegar, uh, and that's, that's pretty much it, celery powder. That bar has zero sugar, zero carbs, 15 grams of protein, and either six or eight grams of fat. I can't really see it. Um, having like a weird vision issue going on right now. So bear with me for that. But here's what I will do. I will put all of these labels up on the show notes page at primalpotential.com so that you can compare them for yourself. Don't take my word for it. But when we talk about bars, there are some better options. The bacon bar tastes like bacon. It doesn't taste like an Oreo cookie, right? But I tend to be wary of bars that taste like Oreo cookies because obviously, unless they're an Oreo, well, even if they're an Oreo, they're very highly processed. And my body is not going to respond that well to it, and probably neither is yours. And that is why many people have a hard time stopping with bars, because they taste like Oreo cookies, right? If you have a bacon bar or a coconut cashew bar, you're far more likely to be able to stop at one. I, If your goal is fat loss, I would be very wary of anything that you want to eat more and more and more and more of, right? Now, I will also say, just to kind of elaborate on the point that I made about soy. Please, if your goal is fat loss, please stay away from soy. I did an entire episode on soy that I will link to in the show notes page for this episode, but soy is not fat loss friendly. It is estrogenic and will work against that hormone balance that we want for fat loss. And be very, very wary of sugar bombs, high fructose corn syrup, and just in general, be wary of things. The more processed it is, junk is junk. Junk is junk. If we look at, say, near 400 calories that we could see in many of these bars, with those 400 calories, you could have six ounces of fish, a half a cup of rice, and two cups of vegetables. What's going to fill you up more? What is going to set you up to be less likely to overeat? And just to pick on a couple of other bars, and I'm not, I, I'm joking about picking. I, I'm doing this not to bash brands at all because I know how hard it is to put a bar out there. And, and there are people who are looking to gain weight and gain muscle. And so if that's your goal, then maybe that works for you. But when your goal is fat loss and when your goal is health and vitality and longevity, maybe it's not. 
the Luna Bar Lemon Zest, it has more sugar than protein and fiber. No good. The Zone Perfect Chocolate Peanut Butter Bar, corn syrup is listed twice on the ingredient list, and those are not the only forms of sugar. When we see sugar listed repeatedly, we should be very nervous about it, right? The Power Bar Chocolate Brownie has almost 30 grams of sugar from six or seven different forms. So again, my recommendations from for bars, I think that the Quest Bars Natural Line are great. And I think that Epic Bars to stay away from the sweet bars are really good as well. But I will say this, I feel strongly from my experience and working with my clients that bars do not work for most people when the goal is fat loss. So look for other convenient options. I would say that they do not work for most people. All right, what I ate yesterday. I had an omelet with spinach and bacon and lots of different veggies in there before my workout because I had a big hard workout. And then after my workout for sort of an early lunch, I had an apple with cinnamon and a salad with salmon. And then dinner was what I've referred to before as mitza. So you buy a sausage, and I learned this from Mary Shenuda, the paleo chef. You buy a sausage uncooked, and you remove the casing, and you take that raw meat, and you form it into a patty, and then you bake that off for a few minutes, top it with some marinara sauce and whatever toppings you want. I used prosciutto and basil, and then bake it again. And it's like a little pizza, but mine didn't have cheese. You could add cheese, um, and no crust, of course. So that is what I ate yesterday for these labels and links to my recommendations, please check out the show notes over at primalpotential.com and I will see you guys soon. Have a great day. This is your moment. Your moment to move forward and make progress. It's time to see where an education can take you. For over 130 years, Strayer University has been at the forefront of change, offering programs that help students like you get ahead and stay ahead so you can keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by Chef.